Hare Krishna, Panchakalpa, Trubyas Chakrapya, Sindhu Vyeva Chapatitanam, Bhavani Bhavaishnaya Welcome back to the continuation of class in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 28, which is called Jnana Yoga. Uh, and uh, we are only up to text 3 of this uh, this canto Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya So the first uh, The first, uh, yeah, the first nine texts, remember, remember the first nine texts are spoken by Lord Sri Krishna. Um, so he begins, and uh, just to give you a review, so we have a little break, I'll just read the, the translations. Uh, text one, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, one should neither praise nor criticize the condition, nature, and activities of other persons. Rather, one should see this world as simply the combination of material nature and the enjoying souls, all based on the one absolute truth. In text 2, whoever indulges in praising or criticizing the qualities and behavior of others will, keeply, will, quickly, excuse me, will quickly become deviated from his own best interest by his entanglement in illusory dualities. So now today we are we come up to to text three. Um, remember we talked about the fact that uh, uh, The uh, the word is used here vishwam in text one ekatmakam pasyam uh, one should see the world as uh, ekatmaka it says here the word for word based on reality uh, based on the one absolute truth. There's an underlying foundation, there's a lot of plurality, but there's also an underlying uh, foundation of unity. And as soon as you start praising and blaming others, you've become alienated from the unified nature of things, you've forgotten it. So, which says this because of this... uh, one falls down from his swartha uh, asati into the asat, the unreal. So now let's go to text three. Krishna continues. <coughs> I'll read the Sanskrit. Tajase nidraya pame prindasto astachetanaha mayam prapnoti mrityumba. So the uh, translation is, just as the embodied uh, spirit soul loses external consciousness when his senses are overcome by the illusion of dreaming or the death-like state of sleep, so a person experiencing material duality must encounter illusion and death. Mm-hmm. So, if we look at it, uh, Taija say, uh, when the senses, it says in the world, word for word, are in the products of false ego and the mode of passion. When the senses, which are the products of false ego and the mode of passion? Uh, 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 nidraya by sleep apane are overcome by sleep uh, literally
this is the example. Uh, uh, <clears throat> then pindashta means the embodied soul. The word pinda uh, means a round object, a ball. Like a golf ball is a pinda. So the body is also sometimes called a pinda. <laughs> <laughs> little roly-poly people here but, <laughs> but, but the pinda you know you offer pinda to the ancestors you've heard that word there a lot maybe if you've uh, uh, been in Iskon uh, th- th- those are the balls of rice that are offered to the uh, pitris you know pinda that means the balls of rice but here pinda stuff situated in the pinda that means uh, us, the embodied soul, uh, Nastachitana, having lost his con- uh, consciousness, that is overcome by sleep. Uh, and then those things which are taijasa, we'll go back and look at that word, coming from the, the mode of passion. Uh, then Mayam prapnoti mrityumba. Uh, then he uh, uh, gets maya. He prapnoti. He undergoes. He achieves, and mrityum. So you see in the word for word uh, the illusion, state of illusion. That is to say, dreaming. You're seeing things happening, but you know, they don't show up anywhere on the. In, in the world, uh, uh, Maya, you know, you're 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 being devoured by a tiger, and you wake up and you're safe. So it's it's Maya. So that that's uh, the illusion of dreaming, or mitum, death. Uh, in other words, uh, deep sleep is like death. It's a death-like state. Uh, so, in the same way, tadvat, like that, nanarta, the person who sees in, uh, in terms of many things, artha here can be a subject matter of many, or, or objects of perception, nanarta, uh, he sees that that's like a person who sees like, like that. Uh, we have a simpler translation of this verse from Banner Swami, who's basing everything on Sridharswami. Vishnathakaravi Thakur's commentary. Uh, as a sleeping person undergoes dreaming and deep dreamless sleep, so one who sees only in terms of multiplicity or plurality undergoes confusion and oblivion. So in other words, if you're a pinda star and you identify with the pinda on this body, uh, uh, you, your perception of the world is bewildered or confused. Uh, you don't see it like it is. Uh, uh, and so you, you have, your life is a period of, of bewilderment followed by oblivion. And then you take birth again in some other body, more bewilderment, oblivion. So this alternation of oblivion and bewilderment. So your life is oblivion. Uh, our lives, anyway. Uh, and it's compared to a person who's asleep. So in that sleeping state, what do you experience? You experience confusion, the other way to translate this word that they have here, uh, 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 yeah, is uh, the other way to understand what they're talking about. This, this, uh, this uh, mayam is bewilderment or, or confusion, or uh, so that's what what happens. Confusion. That's Bhagavad translation. Confusion and oblivion. Uh, the word taijas, 
comes from tejas. Tejas is the, uh, means passion. Uh, you may call, uh, and I have a chart that I've made up, the chart of everything that there is, which shows how the world takes place, that there's pradana, firstly primordial, undifferentiated matter, which comes from Karanaranavashayi Vishnu, uh, energized by time, it's called the Mahatattva, and then that Mahatattva uh, then produces false ego, ahankara, a kind of cosmic ahankara. And then uh, that ahankara is either situated in goodness, is situated in goodness, passion, and ignorance. The three modes are there. And so out of ahankara in goodness, the mind, manas, uh, comes out, and the devas. Uh, in ahankara in passion, uh, there are the senses. Now, uh, the knowledge, rather, the, the, this, there's the gyanindriya, the senses of perception, hearing, touching, tasting, smelling, seeing, those are you know, the, the traditional ones. And then there, what also is called indriya, the karmindriya, the, the, the instruments of action. If you use the word instrument, there's the instruments of perception, the world comes into you, and then the five instruments of action by which we act on the world. The, uh, in this case, uh, our mouth, which is the instrument of sound production, uh, manipulators, your pickers and stealers, as Hamlet called them, your hands, your legs, locomotion, and the instruments of reproduction and evacuation of waste. Those are the, those are the, so the, the, those two sets of five, those are the indriya, the gyanindriya and the karmindriya. So these come out of the mode of passion. And so does buddhi, intelligence, because intelligence is the background uh, organizer of these instruments. And also, actually, borrowing uh, from the next thing, from, uh, uh, from ignorance, or from the mode of ignorance, tamas, uh, then there is the subtle elements, the tan matras, sound, touch, form, taste, and smell, and then there are mahabhutas, space, air, fire, water, and earth. It all comes out like that. So we have a different nomenclature. Uh, here, th there's three names for uh, in the Bhagavatam, three different ways of designating uh, these. Uh, one place, several places, the third canto, and other places. Goodness is vikarika, the products of the false ego and goodness vikarika. Passion is taijasa, and ignorance is tamasa. And then in another place, jnana shakti, the powers that create uh, knowledge, uh, kriya shakti, action, the powers of action, and drovya shakti, the powers that produce matter. And the systems of goodness is sometimes called adhidaiva, uh, the, the, the referring to the mode of passion, products of mode of passion, adhyatma, and then ignorance adhibhuta. So these are the, the nomenclature. I have a chart, you could send away for it. <laughs> we can. You can look at the whole thing and then you know it, the whole thing of what there is. So that's why this word uh, shows up here uh, 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 of uh, uh, this So the senses are called uh, the products of the uh, motive. And so here in the purport, the material senses are described here as taijasa because they are born of false ego in the mode of passion. Impelled by false ego, false ego meaning your wrong idea of yourself, one dreams of the material world without the personality of Godhead and makes plans to lord it over nature to exploit her resources. They are here for me. 
Modern atheistic scientists have developed this false ego to a fine art. There's a little bit of a diatribe here. <laughs> and imagine themselves great heroes conquering the obstacles of nature. I was just writing another article that talked about how they're going to conquer space. You ever, you ever hear that? We're the conquest of space. The new frontier. Remember they call it the frontier? And of course, when you think about what we did in frontiers, the Europeans, <laughs> as a great example to follow. So. But so far, nobody's found out a way to make money out of it. So it's, you know, the space program has languished somewhat. It's of only of interest to scientists, and nobody cares unless they can turn a profit. So we'll see. Anyway, the conquest of space. So it's true. You are going to be... Um, uh, modern atheistic scientists have developed this false ego to a fine art and imagine themselves great heroes conquering the obstacles of nature and moving forward toward inevitable omniscience. The apotheosis of the human beings. We shall become as gods. Such dreamy materialists are repeatedly stunned by the crushing reactions of the law of nature. Witness global climate change and warming. Oh, oops. <laughs> And there's two things. One we have to we have to pull it back. One is one side. The other side is all the problems of technology can be cured by moral technology. Place your faith. Place your bets. No. Uh, the crushing reactions of the laws of nature and their arrogant. Agnostic civilizations are repeatedly annihilated by world wars, natural disasters, and violent shifts of the cosmic situation. Uh, on a simpler level, <laughs> all conditioned souls are captivated by sex attraction and thus bound to the illusion of material society, friendship, and love. They imagine themselves to be wonderful enjoyers of the material nature which suddenly turns against them and kills them just like the tamed animal suddenly turns on its master and kills it. Uh, I feel like it's just a little straight for the point, but anyway, it's well worth, worth noticing. Um, we also have here... Uh, Oh, by the way, I just have another. There's some. If you want to look up this this trio of uh, Taijasa, Vaikarika, Taijasa, Tamasa, look at the purport to Maja twenty, uh, Maja Lila twenty two seventy six, where Prabhupada explains it very quickly. And he's actually in the Maja Lila. There's a quotation from Bhagavatam ten eighty eight three. But here there's a there's a nice little uh, summary which I won't read now. This this uh, outline, or uh, in the uh, uh, yeah here here it says this is the that Bhagavatam Bhagavatam verse ten eighty eight three, the truth about Lord Shiva is that he is always covered with three material coverings, Vaikarika, Taijasa, and Tamasa. Because of these three modes of material nature, he always associates with the external energy and egoism itself. That's why Lord Shiva, although he's almost on the same platform as Krishna, because he has uh, uh, this connection uh, with... with uh, He's linked with material nature. That's his wife, actually. I mean, Krishna, Prabhupada says one place that Krishna never consorts intimately with the material nature. You know, when he's Lakshmi, uh, Radharani, this, the spiritual potency, not the material potency. So Prabhupada says, uh, Lord Krishna never consorts intimately with the material nature, but when he does, He's Lord Shiva. <laughs> he takes on a different kind of uh, caste. 
to them and is uh, not really available in the same way for ultimate salvation. So that's uh, what he says. Let me look up Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, we've covered that then. So that's the... Uh, yeah. Here's what says in the, in the, the Bhagavatam verse. Shiva Shakti Yukta. Uh, He's always re- related to the material potency. He's always intimately associated in that way. So anyway, that's Taijasa. So the, 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 the point is, one of the points is that that once we, we, we become seeing in terms, we forget the whole picture and start to exploit material nature, the unity uh, we don't see anymore. Um, thinking of ourselves as the enjoyers and the controllers uh, and, and therefore we're handed over to alternating periods of bewilderment and oblivion so that's material life now they're all everyone's bewildered in that way so now we go on to uh, 4 X4 now uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur in his commentary says that now from verses 4 to 9 uh, 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 what they're about is the lack of an object for one's praise or blame because duality is false. So we incorporate non-duality Uh, but it's a non-duality that includes variety within it. Uh, once you have a non-duality that denies any uh, vishesha, any variety, then your mind is situated in duality. Because you have this conception of two. And uh, so that's a pro- that thinking is a product of duality. So there are uh, if if you get uh, uh, I like when I was a philosophy student in college uh, we had a Kirk and Raven's book on the pre-Socratic philosophers and their major problem was described as the problem of the one and the many which they had actually inherited from India by the way that, that idea of a kind of an ultimate problem so this is the problem of the one and the many Uh, so here, so th- this is so from four to nine now. This, this, having been introduced, the topic will be this uh, f- falsity of duality or ultimate duality. So text number four goes like this. Uh, and again, remember, Krishna is talking. Kim badram, kim badram ba. Dvaitasya vastuna kiyat vachoditam taranvittam manasadhyatam evacha. The translation is that which is expressed by material words, that which is expressed by material words or meditated on by the material mind is not ultimate truth. What, therefore, is actually good or bad within this insubstantial world of duality and how can the extent of such good and bad be measured? So when we look at the text, Kim Badram, Kim Badram Va. So it starts uh, with what's the end of the translation. Badra, good, apadram, bad. In Badra, sort of auspicious and inauspicious, or good or bad. We have Subhadra, very good. <laughs> uh, what? What is good and what, or what is bad? Uh, uh, 
because with and so the trans within this insubstantial world of duality, dvaitasya uh, of dvaita. Dvaita is tunis. Avastuna. Uh, uh, the word vastu uh, means substance. So avastu is something insubstantial, worthless. Uh, in the Vedanta, it's used to talk about the unreality of the world. So that, that's the meaning of vastu. So this, this, uh, of this insubstantial uh, world of duality as they translate it here. Uh, uh, and then uh, this word kiat. The word kiat means basically how much. Usually in terms of how much distance, how much weight, how much time, you know, kiat. Uh, how much can it be expressed? Vacha. Uh, vacha uditam. Uh, Words. So that, how can that, by words, generated by words, uh, produced by words, or by the mind, meditated? See, uditam uh, bacha, that which is generated by words, or dhyana, dhyatam manasa, meditated on by the mind. So either those ideas which are expressed in words or conceived of within the mind uh, are, are, they are, uh, the word that's used here uh, um, is anritta. The word ritta generally means truth. So anritta, uh, not true. Not, they say here in the word for word, uh, uh, not in the running translation, not ultimate truth. When Banu Swami translates the same verse, he says, that which is expressed by material world, words, words or contemplated by the mind in duality is false. Just He uses the word false. No, ultimate truth or just plain false. So well, well let's, let me let me reread the, the, the report here. Uh, the actual truth is the supreme personality of Godhead, from whom everything emanates, by whom everything is maintained, and in whom everything merges to rest. Material nature is the reflection of the absolute truth. And by the interaction of the material modes of nature, the innumerable varieties of matter appear to be separate, independent truths. So that they're there, but you're seeing them the wrong way. And what does it? When I think I am the enjoyer. I think this is mine to enjoy. It it is uh, uh, theft. I'm taking what belongs to Krishna and taking it on myself. It's the product uh, of Ravana. Prabhupada described the materialistic... uh, Ravana is the the prototype of all materialists. uh, uh, To take uh, Sita, who is the Lord's energy, and enjoy her himself. The prototype devotee is Hanuman, who wants to take the Sita away from Ravana and return her to the side of Lord Ramachandra. That's his. That's the devotee's job. And Prabhupada once said, you could go up to somebody and say, please, give your money to Krishna. If you don't, you will be killed. You'll have to undergo the illusion of death. That's what, what will happen. 
because, because Sita is the goddess of fortune and therefore wealth. So all wealth, all prosperity belongs to God. Tell that to the oil companies. Tell that to the... <laughs> The capitalists and the communists—they have another way of dividing the spoils. But so between the cap- <laughs> communists and the capitalists, they're both in Maya. <laughs> so, how do Prabhupada des- describe the conflict between communists and capitalists as thieves saying how, arguing how they're going to, how they're going going to divide their stolen property? <laughs> let's divide it honestly. Let's divide it fairly. What's the worst? The fair or honest when they've stolen? Stolen. <laughs> We have no stake in that quarrel. Anyway. So, material nature is the reflection of the absolute truth, and by the interactions of the material modes of nature, the innumerable varieties of matter appear to be separate independent truths. Maya illusion distracts the conditioned soul from the absolute truth and absorbs the mind in the glaring manifestations of matter which ultimately is none different from the absolute truth, being an emanation from him. The sense of good and bad as separate from the Supreme Lord is like the good and bad dreams experienced by a sleeping person. Both are imaginary. Good and bad dreams are equally unreal. Similarly, material good and evil have no permanent existence separate from the personality of Godhead. So what is the morality? They discuss it. The Supreme Lord is the well-wisher of every living entity, and therefore execution of his order is good, whereas disobeying his order is bad. Lord Krishna has created a perfect social and occupational system called Varnashram Dharma, and the Lord has further given perfect spiritual knowledge in Bhagavad Gita and other literatures. Execution of Lord Krishna order will bring complete social, psychological, political, economic, and spiritual success to human society. We should not foolishly look for so-called good outside the orders of the Personality of Godhead. Such orders are called the law of God and constitute the essence or substance of religion. So that is, there is a level on which you can discriminate, but it should be on this level. Uh... Uh, not on the level of uh, Maya. Um, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary on this verse, Kimabhadram Kimabhadramba. Duality is false, avastunaha. The meaning for the devotee is because by form, abode, names, and devotees are all spiritual entities. They are Brahman and nothing else. What arises by word or by the mind related to duality is all false. In that case, what does good or bad mean? And to what extent is something good? Since praise and condemnation will always exist in the material world. The word asat in later verses, will be used to indicate something which is not spiritual, just as avastuna in this verse indicates something material, rather than totally false. I mean, the, because the impersonalist slogan, Brahman Satyam Jagan Mitya, Brahman alone is Satyam, real, and uh, Jagat, the world, is really not there at all. It's an illusory superimposition. In other words, that construction of the of the Vedanta denies the definition of Brahman, Janmadasiyataha, that from which everything comes. Because nothing comes from Brahman. It's all an illusion. When you go on to ask whose illusion, then you have a problem. It can't be my illusion because I'm a product of illusion as an individual. And if it's Brahman's illusion, then illusion is bigger than Brahman. 
So you've got this illusion floating around, which you need for your philosophy, but you can't say it's there, or you can't say it's not there. You're just like sort of orphaned. <laughs> uh, so that's something of a problem. It's a very, very cunning trick of Shankaracharya, who does it so well, so expertly. That's because he's Lord Shiva. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and then he, they, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, real objects exist beyond the material gunas. This is expressed in the following verses. And then he quotes some places uh, to show that there is transcendent variety. Uh, uh, and so he quotes now from Bhagavatam 10.13.54, The forms of the Lord were eternal, unlimited forms, full of knowledge and bliss, and existing beyond the influence of time. Uh, their great glory was not even to be touched by the jnanis engaged in studying the Upanishads. Uh, and again, uh, from the Gopal Tapani Upanishad, among all the places, the abode of Krishna is directly Brahman. And then he quotes from the Rig Veda, uh, you who know the Lord's name is spiritual should chant it. Because the Mahavad philosophy is actually no name is spiritual. And he goes on, the Lord has also said, Man niketam tu nirguna, my abode is beyond the gunas, and nirguna madapashrayaha, the devotee is beyond the gunas. This is in a couple of chapters back in this, this canto. So that's the, that's the situation here. Kim badram, kim badram cha. Uh, so this word asat can be taken two ways simply temporary and permanent or illusory on the one hand or as non-existent so now we go on to another example text number five Chaya Pratyabhava Chaya Pratyabhava Abhasya Yantya Santo Pyarta Karinaha Ibam Deha Dayo Bhava Yachchantya Mitchito Vayam Although shadows, echoes, and mirages are only illusory reflections of real things, uh, such reflections do cause a semblance of meaning or comprehensible perception. In the same way, although the identification of the conditioned soul with the material body, mind, and ego is illusory, this identification generates fear within him even up to the moment of death. So here's a list. Chaya, uh, Pratyavaya, and Abhasa. Uh, 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 Chaya means a shadow. So there's something real, but it makes a shadow. Yeah. Uh, echoes, there's a sound somewhere but then it bounces off of something else it's an echo and abasa uh, means uh, can be real. there's light but you see the reflection of the light or the outer radiance of the light that's abasa hmm? uh, 
that's the literal meaning of abasa. We speak of nama abasa, which is sort of the reflection of the holy name or the kind of outer rays, outer you know, projection of light into darkness, the, the reflection or the shadow. Can it be reflection or can it sound just like I'm in the room, I can't see the sun, but the sunlight's coming in the room. That's also a kind of abasa. Uh, uh, so these are... Uh, these these three things, uh, the shadows, echoes, and mirages, that's another one. Mirages are another reflection of something, of light. Uh, so although, uh, they're, so here they're listed. Heyasanta, they, they are uh, asanta, uh, uh, non-existent, uh, although uh, they create ideas, images, impressions, artha. Artha here is a subject matter. They're abhasa, but they, they, they make a artha uh, karinaha, a semblance of meaningful or comprehensible perception. Uh, uh, so in, in the same way, evam, thus, deha, the body and so on, deha adayaha, adayahas, etc., the body, etc., uh, uh, bhava, uh, The, 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 this this material conception of the body and so on, the material body, mind, and ego, they produce these two things: uh, fear uh, and uh, and the, well, excuse me. They they generate fear even up to the moment of death. Um, it doesn't yeah. That that's what it uh, it produces these things. They say here in the purport, although the shadows, echoes, and mirages are mere reflections of real substance, they create strong emotions in persons falsely accepting them as real. You can become afraid of shadows. You can start with your shadows. In the same manner, a conditioned soul is seized by such emotions as fear, lust, anger, and hope because of his illusory perception of himself as the material body, mind, and false ego. Whatever happens to the body... Because of false ego, my false idea, I experience is happening to me. When the body gets hurt, oh, now I'm wounded. When the body goes, oh, now I'm getting old. When the body, now I'm dying. You're not. It's happening to the body, but we have imposed illusory superimposition. This is where it actually applies. We've imposed that upon ourselves. By practical example, it is thus shown that even illusory objects may cause highly emotional reactions. Ultimately, our emotions should be absorbed in the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is eternal truth. It's, it's, it's not merely that emotions are wrong, but our emotions that arise of desire and hate, uh, duality, based on the material world, these are all uh, not really true. One can then enjoy fear is forever vanquished when one takes shelter of the Lord's lotus feet. One can then enjoy the pure emotions of liberated life. So th there are spiritual feelings which are real, which are ever increasing. And of course, if one has not experienced those or had some experience of them, then you can't imagine what they're talking about because all you know for feelings are material feelings. There's a text in the Bhagavatam in Chaitanya Charjamrita which says that when Krishna does his Rasalila uh, 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 under the influence of Kama, uh, enjoyment, of his own enjoyment, it causes karma in the world, the reflection of, of love, which is there in the spiritual world, then manifests here as lust. 
So there's a, there's a, yeah. Uh, we address prayers to Kamadevaya, Pushpavana, names of Cupid or names of Krishna. And, uh, but th that is, love and lust are completely different things. Uh, and if, if all we know is lust, we can't imagine. Uh, so, you know, they think of, they sometimes think of Krishna as Rasalila pastime, as something like a material uh, affair. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Tapur <coughs> says here, let me read this verse. He's more like uh, concentrated on the. Uh, the question is if duality is false, do perception of a pot or cloth have any real meaning? Reflections, echoes, or mistaken perceptions, such as thinking a shell is silver, this is a standard example, though not real objects, are still real experiences. In other words, your experience that you're undergoing is real. You're experiencing it, but the, but the, the experience itself is false as a representation of reality. Though ultimately false, seeing duality in objects, though, not, though actually false, gives us real experiences. Thus the state of having a body, though based on falsity, gives the jiva fear of suffering in samsara up until death. So that's like a succinct summary of this verse. The state of having a body, though based on falsity, gives the jiva fear of suffering in samsara up to death. That's why, like, entry-level spiritual life, aham brahmasmi, I am brahman, which the corollary is, I am not matter, and the corollary is, I am not this body. Uh, and, by the way, not this mind, which is even better news <laughs> for many of us. Because <laughs> we, we actually, are, are, the pinda has two coatings. <laughs> There is ourselves, the, that which is conscious, that consciousness comes from the self, but then, then there's the inner subtle coating, which is called the subtle body, manas buddhi ahankara, uh, uh, which is generated out of the, we saw how it's generated earlier, and then the gross covering uh, of, of matter, gross matter, subtle matter. So I'm neither of those things. But, but because of that ahankara, I identify myself and then experience whatever is happening uh, to the body is happening to me. Those experiences, that's what, that's what we're conscious of. But actually, if we are liberated, the same experience may be there of, of leaving my body, but I don't, I, don't, I don't undergo it the same way at all. Because I understand what the connection between myself and my body, that's the illusory imposition. If I'm already free from it, okay. It's like, it's like uh, you know, uh, changing trains or something. I just go on. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that's all it is. Uh, I am not undergoing death as we understand it. That's already finished. Sometimes... Uh, you become a devotee and you start giving up uh, or, or a, a true yogi you start giving up enjoyment that feels like a kind of death but then you get it over with and you realize there's a life after death even before you <laughs> the real life actually better, much 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 better life uh, so on uh, so um, yeah we have to stop there. Uh, the the next uh, uh, the next two verses six and seven they're done together and and uh, seven is particularly as uh, an extra line in it actually uh, so it's a little bit long but that then gives us the whole picture of of reality. Uh, uh, as it is.
because uh, what it says about the about the Lord, the supreme soul, is that he that he creates the universe and is himself created. Uh, 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 so that's that's uh, uh, when when he maintains it. He maintains the world and is maintains himself. Uh, when 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 the world is destroyed, he withdraws from the world. So this is, you know, this is also uh, he's both cause and effect. And this is a complete picture. So we'll get into that next class. I'll mark this off. This is interesting. Anyway, I find it. <laughs> and you can understand, by the way, how from this you'll be able to understand how the the, 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 the this world that we see around us is not really the world we see around us, but it is uh, one of Krishna's energies. And so, when Krishna becomes revealed. Not only we become revealed to ourselves, but we become the whole world becomes revealed. So we haven't really seen it. We've seen Maya world. But anyway, or if you read Bhagavatam, you'll see it. Or you visit the temple of the Vedic Planetarium, you'll see it as Krishna sees it. <laughs> That's part of our project. Our continuing project. Okay, so we'll stop there. Any questions or comments? This is it says Gyana Yoga, so definitely it's uh-huh. Vedanta. Uh, but uh, Well, the first one was actually a comment and then a question. The comment was just that when you were speaking so much about all the knots that are not, it's just like way over my head. And I was thinking, I'm going to need this in layman's terms, you know. And then when you read Prabhupada's purport, it was like, oh, it was just what is. And I was like, oh, that's so much simpler. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking then at the end how when you were um, speaking about having this knowledge can help you transition out of the world so mm-hmm. much easier. And I, I've actually witnessed somebody that wasn't advanced at all leave their body in Vrindavan. I took care of her and it it was just like pure mercy. It's like she didn't need the knowledge of what wasn't and that. You know, it was just like there was so much mercy in just what was. <laughs> like she was in line with Krishna. You, you don't have to be a sophisticated jnani to be a devotee. You just have to see Krishna and everything and everything in Krishna. You, uh, and if, if, if you're a very simple person, you can achieve a very, very advanced position. But then if people have objections, then you have to have some way to explain it. So we find out that, that, you know, Lord Chaitanya himself, he, what we have left of his own compositions, he was a trained scholar, he was a, in grammar actually, uh, and he was just absorbed in ecstasy, we only have, you know, eight verses uh, of instruction, Shikshastika. Uh, that 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 he there, but but then you had, you know, his 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 direct students like Sanatan Goswami, Jiva uh, Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami. These these people are incredible scholars. So there for both. But the, the reason to have philosophy is you have to deal with objections. And the other thing is. Any doubts that you have can can be answered and cleared away. 
Because, you know, you may hear somebody say, no, no, the whole thing's just unreality, you have to become one with everything, and uh, you're, you are God, and all these other things, what are you, you going to say? So you, you, need, you, you, you need this. When I hear you speak, it's so faith-building that, like, all of this was discussed. It wasn't just, like, some discussion. It was, like, the discussion. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just really... Mm-hmm. It's definitely faith building. I'm so appreciative. Mm-hmm. But the the idea of of of, of 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 philosophy or theology is to remove obstacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, what we want is Paresh Anubhava, direct experience of the Supreme Lord. <coughs> and and in our culture, there's a process of knowledge. But it, it, it it's all in the modes of passion and ignorance. Uh, but knowledge depends upon sattva, and, and so our process. If you if you go to a college or something, nobody tells you you have to be in the mode of goodness. Students are notoriously not. Uh, but but. <coughs> Conscious, the right consciousness is necessary. It's interesting that universities, by the way, at least as they are in, 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 in the West, they all started off as centers of learning for the learning <coughs> class, which were all monks and priests. Uh, and they were the people. So, so the idea that of brahmacharya, as a uh, celibacy, as a condition for learning, was actually there originally. But you can see what's happened. I mean, the graduation gown that you put on, that's a monk's robe. That's the last sort of uh, paying obeisance to that idea. <laughs> but, but, so but, so th- this knowledge really depends upon sattva. And without the sattva, you can't. You, you only perceive duality, and, and only work for the satisfaction of the senses. And then, when you become frustrated and disgusted, you go to ignorance. You find happiness, you know, in far, other pharmaceutical products. <laughs> Or chocolate. <laughs> chocolate, yeah. Well, nobody's died of an overdose of chocolate yet. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> okay, anything else? Kendra asks, he says, uh, yes, so the illusion we are faced with has reality. We can't walk through walls unless we're accomplished yogis. And we have to deal with it in the proper way. We can't ignore it. Is that correct? Yeah, we don't ignore it. <coughs> I mean, the, the, the way we deal with, with, with the world around us, we don't just say it's not there. Uh, but, but by engaging it in, in Krishna's service, uh, yeah, there's nothing but spirit. We see things as they, as they actually are. As uh, I mentioned this before, Prabhupada told me that uh, you know that, that there are different kinds of spirit. It's because uh, we were in, walking in in in, in Vrindavan and he started talking about that because everything comes from Krishna, everything is actually spiritual. There is no matter. Uh, and uh, he said, and he used the example of the, the trees that we were in the woods, Nirvindavan, that the tree is just fire in another form. The, the trees take in the sunlight to grow the wood, uh, and it looks like something else, but actually you, you ignite it again, and the, fire, the, sunlight, the light comes back out as light in another form. So similarly, uh, everything is spirit, and I was a, a new devotee, and, and my big project. And I, I said this to Prabhupada. Actually, I said, you know, I, I'm confused because I'm trying to understand. I'm not my body, and understand the difference between matter and spirit. 
that I'm not the body, I'm not the mind, I'm the spirit soul. And now you're saying everything is spirit. So I'm confused. And Prabhupada said to me, we are not maya bodies, we are not impersonalists. There are different kinds of spirit. Now it took me a while to understand that. <laughs> but but, but uh, I, eventually I did, because, because there, there are vishesha. Our philosophy, the impersonalist philosophy is called nirvishesha. And vishesha is a concrete particular. Uh, uh, and, and Prabhupada usually translates it variety. So nirvishesha. Uh, that's one form of uh, 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 spirituality that thing, everything is, there are no visheshas ultimately. But our philosophy is savishesha. Achinja beda beda tattva. You cannot think of the world as, as, as one with God, and you cannot think of it as different from God. Both. You know. It's, it's, this is simultaneously, or not thinking of as separate, not thinking of as identical. This is, and so that, that's, that's the way we live. We see it as that Krishna has energies. And because they are Krishna's energies, they're real. But you can think, you can have this illusion here, but the illusion you have is a real illusion. <laughs> it's not an illusion of an illusion, it's just an illusion. <laughs> you can misperceive. And the misperception goes away when ultimately you actually want to come back to Krishna. Um, I have one question going way back to verse 1, if we can, for a moment. Um, again, we've discussed this a few times already, but the idea that one should neither praise nor criticize the condition, nature, and activities of other persons, is that kind of the root of also um, prajalpa? And I was just listening to one of Prabhupada's lectures today where he was speaking about um, prajalpa being one of the six things to avoid if you're trying to cultivate mm-hmm. Christian consciousness. And he related it to not just talking about people within your own community or amongst your friends, but you know, even reading newspapers and listening to the news and all that kind of that's all prajalpa. Yes, if 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 you if you somehow or other uh, are just interested in the thing because it's just interesting and it's somehow or other not favorable to your devotional service uh th- then uh, it's Pajalpa. Uh, so so Prabhupada said there's no harm in you know ordinary news and stuff like that. I mean you some, sometimes you need to know it. But you can take any subject in the material world and trip out. <laughs> That's why there's so many books and so many websites and so many you know you can you can trip out. And I have to say that it's true in this world that if you can pay sufficient attention to anything, it becomes interesting. Like for most of us, rocks are boring. But there's a certain class of people who are interested in rocks, and, you know, they get fascinated by them. You know, I mean, everything, because Krishna is interesting, everything that comes from Krishna is also interesting. But if it's that interest separates you from Krishna, then you, you know, then you're, you're, you've, you've lost it. Uh, your human form of life is your contribution is, I have discovered uh, uh, 20 new species of ants. That's my life achievement instead of going back to Godhead. And uh, that's not really what you should spend your life on. So, what, and what's Prajapa? I mean, I, you know, Prabhupada read a newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, 
I remember when I didn't, actually, when I first became a devotee, I didn't read anything like that at all. When I became involved, in, uh, in, uh, we had a political party at one point in this con, the In God We Trust Party for Purified Leaders. So I used to start to read the news, you know. And, uh, you know, you had to give talks and refer to current state of affairs and what was wrong with it. And we read what we called the Newsweek Piranha. <laughs> so if it's, if, it's, if it's useful for your service, but, you know, that's, that's usually what, what Prajalpa is. And a lot of time it's, it's malicious. If you, if, you, if, you, if you got rid of praising and blaming people uh, uh, from, from Twitter or whatever the social media is, you'll find that people don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> you know, you got the thumbs up and the thumbs down, and that's basically you know, your, your reaction to everything. So it's, gotten, it's getting worse. The more we advance, the worse it gets. I mean, a person who's an actual scholar, they're, they're uh, situated somewhat in the mode of goodness, to some degree in the mode of goodness, and so they become interested in knowledge for its own sake. You know, they want to find things out just because it's fascinating. You know, people like Einstein and like that. But they end up being funded by somebody. And the somebody that's funded them is interested in making money. And that actually skews what you may call knowledge. And so there are a lot of people who may be very, very advanced, but they don't get any funding because they can't, they can't produce anything for the stockholders. So, so all, even, even our you know, most detached, elevated, abstract science is screwed up because the background is the mode of passion. But that kind of detached interest and curiosity, that's basically there's some mode of goodness there, the knowledge for, for its own sake. But because it's the material mode of goodness, there's always the bracket on either side of, kind of bleeding into it of some amount of passion, some amount of ignorance. Therefore, spiritual knowledge is Vishuddha Sattva, pure goodness, goodness without any contamination of, of uh, passion and ignorance. And that, that's when actually everything becomes revealed. When Krishna is revealed, then everything else is revealed, including yourself. Yeah, so, so real self-knowledge is knowledge of God, and when there's knowledge of God, then there's knowledge of yourself. That's the famous Socratic dictum, know thyself. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we pick up again at, uh, how far do we get? Verse 5, we'll start next. Yeah, 6 and 7. That uh, extra line verse there, right? Okay, see how far we get. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.